I'm Dave. And I'm Greg. And we love watching great films. But we don't get to watch as many as we used to because we're dads. So we've made a super duper podcast all about it. This is Dads on Film. So Greg. Hiya. Greg. I love you right. I'm great. Uh, it's episode 10, Greg. We've done it. It's we've a made it. one. We have made it to and 10. Yeah, we've got I it. I think from the looks of it, you've been celebrating for quite a while. Yeah, I feel good. I've, uh, well, you let's know. Just put, Greg is very lubricated. Let's just put it that way. Bit weird, but I've been drinking. He? Uh, <laughs> He's been drinking uh, a lot. I feel like I'm still on holiday. <laughs> yeah, well, you look great in your shirt. Well, thanks very much. You look great in yours as well. Have, what have you got? Sunflowers? I think it is some. Yeah, there's sunflowers. Wonderful. I've got bananas on mine. Uh, yeah, excellent. Wait, I guess. What we, about your shirt? We should. Hey, <laughs> we need, oh, we'll do funny. a pic. We'll do a picture of our shirts. You can see our shirts. We'll put them on the old. Yeah, uh, definitely. Instagram. Um, Instagram. Instagram. How's your week been, Greg? How was your your holiday? I've had a lovely holiday. Thank you. Down in Pembrokeshire near Tembe camping. It was. It was ace. Yeah, I keep going Good on weather about camping, It's been bloody mel- oh, melting. It's been ace. It's been awesome. I, I just love it. I love camping because you all you've got to worry about is your little washing up bowl of washing up. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, <laughs> of washing up. Good. Five nights Excellent. away, 150 quid. <laughs> Beat that. Yeah. That's really no, good. so Tem- yeah. Tembe is beautiful. I used to go to Tembe when I was little. And uh, yeah, it's cool to take the kids back. It was It was nice. Uh, I went. I went with regular listener Soz. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it, we had, we just had a great time. It was great. It looked, great time. It looked really, really good. Nice. Yeah. What have you been up to? Thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not tons. We went to see some friends over the weekend. That was really nice. Anyone um, I know? Rich and Ali, regular listeners, oh. Richard and oh. Ali. Nice. <laughs> they're all regular listeners aren't they let's face it but no we had a lovely sort of afternoon in, in the garden a few beers well I'll say a few beers with the, oh yeah you sent me a video 30, 13 hour booze session yeah so it was, that was really good and then just recovered on Sunday because I was very worse for wear but never nice. mind nice no. what's up well, can you hear the can you hear it, the footballers yeah but I did, we just had a major thunder clap then that's pretty cool that's, I tell you what, we had a thunderstorm here last night, probably about sort of midnight, one o'clock sort of thing. It was, I've mm. never seen anything like it. It was, yeah. it was like, if you imagine it, like, it's like a horror film where you've got a flickering light. It was like the yeah. sky, the sky was a flickering light for 20 minutes straight. Well, I know it was about 20 minutes because my wife kept going, it's been going on 14 minutes, this. <laughs> like, it was literally flickering. Like the, oh, the sky was like a flickering light. It was, a, it was, it was bizarre, but... It, it was quite. I love a storm. I do love a storm. <laughs> I love a storm. Great, great, great. Have we had any messages this week, Greg? Well, Rick messaged saying because um, we we were sort of fishing for controversial opinions, as will yeah. become apparent later on. Um, and Rick, regular listener, Rick messaged and said, "I'm sure you're likely to share the same opinion, but the new Star Wars trilogy is absolute garbage." Discuss. I share, but do you know what? I, I semi-share that opinion. Um, yeah. I, I've only seen the first two out of the three. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not precious about Star Wars. I wasn't a big fanatic in the first place. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I really 
enjoyed uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, I know it was a, a New Hope remake. Um, yeah. I completely get that, but I, I, I really, really enjoyed it for what it was. I thought they modernized it really well. I thought it was nice to have the sort of like the um, 21st century sort of CG in there as mm. well. And they, they brought in a lot of new cool things in. And a lot of it's just marketable stuff, like having the BBM. Yeah. Just, it's just marketable, something to sell toys with and stuff like that. And it, yeah. That. The second one I thought was pretty rubbish. I thought um, the thing with Leia drifting off into space, and yeah. I thought that was something I was like, well, cause obviously, um, Carrie Fisher died uh, whilst I'm making it. And I, and I was like, oh, that must be the bit where that must be the last we see of her. And of course, it wasn't. Um, it's yeah, it was there. really weird um, that bit. Yeah, and th- th- but the the worst bit for me. Oh, sorry, that's my fault. Um, the worst bit for me was so, so basically at the end of Force Awakens, oh, yeah. it, it ends with Mark Hamill, doesn't it? And, and yeah, it gets everyone yeah. really excited for Mark Hamill coming back into the second one. And I, th- I think his input is mediocre at best to the second one. But it kind of it, the pinnacle of that second one is where he it's. I can't even remember what's going on, but he brushes his shoulder as if to yeah. say like he's not been affected by some yeah. explosions or whatever that are going on. It's just like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. are you serious? Believe but, it or not, I feel very similar. Um, I really liked The Force Awakens. I, I, yeah, I completely agree with you. It, it was just a, a New Hope remake, but it was a light how they were sort of putting the emphasis on a female character. Cause I, re- I really like Daisy Ridley as Ray. I love yeah. John Boyega. So, and he was really like the heart for me behind the film, which was great. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love Oscar Isaac. I was going to say he's Oscar an Isaac incredible, amazing, incredible actor. Um, yeah. And he's brilliant. He's such a good actor so much. So he was supposed to die at the very beginning and they were like, nah, you're yeah. staying the entire trilogy, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I, I really enjoyed Force Awakens. Um, the Last Jedi, unfortunately, no, it wasn't great. There's some some good visuals and things like that, and some good sort of themes in it, but overall, not not great. And then the last one was crap. Just was it really? Me. Yeah, yeah, it really wasn't good. Again, like some nice bits in it, you know. Um, well, again, I can't really give too many uh, too many spoilers away, but um, the whole. Ben Solo arc is it, it's a, there's a nice arc in there, but the rest of the film ain't great, unfortunately. So yeah, there we go. But thanks very much, Rick, for your message. Uh, guys, send your messages in, ask us questions. You know, we really love hearing from you, and uh, you know, we like to know your thoughts on it. So cheers for sending that, Rick. Really, really cool stuff. Let's have, let's let's get Rick on the show sometime. Rick could be yeah, good. Definitely, Rick got some really really great views on films. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, um, wicked, wicked. So. Dave, what's coming up? Hey, do you, do you like do you like last week where we had a bit of music under the what's coming up? Yeah, yeah. should we do that again? That's my idea, that. <laughs> no, it's definitely my idea. <laughs> Ask me the question, Greg. Dave, what's coming up on the show today? Cue the music, Dave. <laughs> coming up on today's episode, we're going to look at last week's homework, which was never really, sometimes, always. Then we're going to have uh, this week's news. Then we're doing our new thing for episode 10, which is Film Fight Club with regular listener Lever. After that, we've got an American Pickle, the new Seth Rogen film, and our review on that. Our social adieu slash 12 certificate this week is Mrs. Doubtfire. Our Dirty Dozen is Train Spotting, and then one of our listeners will be setting us homework for next week. Let's do the show. Do it. <laughs> David, have you done your homework? 
Gregory, I have done my homework this week. Thank you. I'm saying that like we've missed homework. I don't think we've eaten. None of us have missed homework. Anyway. Well, so last week I asked Dave to go away and watch Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, which came out earlier this year to streaming services. Uh, It was kind of sort of relatively under the radar. It's not a big budget film. It's um, No, not at all. And neither the cast nor the director... um, uh, unknown particularly but it did come out sort of critical acclaim uh, which drew my attention to it and uh, I really enjoyed it um, and I was really interested to hear what Dave thought about it so what did you reckon? It's alright <laughs> Go on t- um, yeah. give, give us a bit of a brief So basically it's um, the, the film centres around a, a girl called Autumn in this uh, little town in Pennsylvania. And very, very early on, you find out that she's she's pregnant. And she's quite early. She's sort of like 10, 12 weeks pregnant. Um, and she's deciding... She's obviously not told her parents. She's not told the father. She's not told anybody. Uh, and she's deciding what to do. And then basically, she ends up uh, deciding to... to like terminate the pregnancy however she can't do that in the state of pennsylvania because she's too young so she needs to go to new york and do that so with her cousin she basically takes a bit of a road trip to new york um to get this termination things don't go to plan to a certain extent um and the kind of story you know pursues from there i suppose does that make sense pursues from there Uh, yeah yeah okay yeah i mean that's sort of yeah, it's more about it's not a plot-driven drama. No, it? it's a definitely a character-driven and relationship-driven mm. drama in terms of yeah. Autumn and her cousin Skylar, who she goes with. Mm. It's it, it's about them together, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think definitely like worth noting the main actors um, who who play Autumn and and Summer. Is it Skylar? Uh, Skylar. Yeah. Skylar, sorry, autumn and summer. That's oh. um, absolutely incredible. And considering they've not really done uh, the, the main character of Autumn has not been in anything before, uh, and I think Sky, Skylar's been in a couple of things. They were absolutely brilliant. The girl play Autumn was unbelievable. Like she was so convincing as this seventeen-year-old girl, weighing you know completely in over her head. She had this sort of vulnerability to her. But also like this kind of like naive confidence. I don't I don't know if that sort of makes sense. She was like, she knew she she was almost a bit of a martyr sometimes. They you know, doctors would ask her a question. You know, have you got somewhere to go tonight? Because we can put you up in this you know in in this place. And she, knowing full well she had nowhere to go, she'd be like, yeah. no, it's fine. I, I'm I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And it's like. Yeah. But she's quite confidently saying that, and you're like, you've got nowhere to. You're gonna sleep in a in a train station, or you know, something like that. But it's like she does it just because she doesn't want to. She doesn't want help. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah completely. Yeah. But again, as as we've mentioned before, working with teenagers, yeah, it's fully convincing because that's what they're like. Um, yeah, completely. Yeah. The there's some really quite sort of uncomfortable parts. I thought. I thought there's. I'm not really going to say much because it, it wasn't sort of nice, but there's there's a a particular section where she tries to take matters into her own hands. Yes. I put it that way. Yes, yes. It was, it was horrible. Really, really not nice to watch. Yeah. I know it's an actor, whatever, but um, yeah, it was really convincing and not, not very nice to sort of see. Um, what I didn't like about it, and I suppose... 
you know, it, it's probably a bit of a metaphor or whatever. There wasn't a single nice male character in it. And I yeah. felt a little bit, not offended by that, but I felt a little bit like, mm, okay. Um, her dad is horrible to her. He's not in it a lot. The dad is actually, I've seen him in a few things. He was in like the blacklist and, and things yeah. like that on TV. Um, he pays more attention to the dog than his daughter, you know, literally yeah, yeah, yeah. says more to the dog than his daughter, which is really sad. There's a really weird, like, um, manager in the workplace who insists on sort of kissing the hands and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that that's really, creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Really horrible. Um, and there's a, a guy a little bit later on who kind of does help them out, but for... He's after one thing. Yeah, he's after something in particular. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I get, I get, completely get why, the, why they are, you know, it's like that in the film. But I did feel a little bit like, well... Not all guys are like that. I don't really think you're painting the best picture sometimes. Um, however, I un- I understand the purpose of it for for the for the film. And also, whilst, whilst I think what you said is completely valid, I think th- think of all the women who've, who've watched films for many years, watching women on film, thinking that that, that they are not valid roles for females. No, so I, com- I completely yeah, I completely strong get female it. roles. They are all yeah, definitely. They, are, they, they always and no. They always succumb to the male lead, or you know what I mean. They are always the damsel in distress and everything like Mm. that. You know what I mean. So, whilst whilst I completely don't disagree with you, I think yeah, it's it's a small hill to die on in terms of yeah, (laughs) (laughs) in in terms of the scale the scale of the gender equality in 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 films. But yeah, no, you're not wrong in this context. I think overall, it was you know very well acted beautifully shot you know it's this sort of slightly this other side of new york that you don't tend to see it's just sort of the fluorescent side of new york like bus stations and arcades and things like that do you know what i mean um but overall i was a little bit underwhelmed because personally it was quite predictable i've kind of seen it before you know what i mean like you kind of knew what was going to happen yeah i don't know i kind of saw every plot point coming that's not to say it wasn't handled very well it really was but i would have liked it maybe to go in a slightly different direction i don't know what that direction would have been um yeah, but yeah. I, I mean I'll, I'll just jump in and say the reasons i like it i mean like i said before it, it's not a plot driven uh, drama it's it's very much character based i think it does a lot in dealing with reproductive rights which is a very sort of current issue yeah definitely um, especially in america where you've got you know whole states which uh, sort of um make make it in as, as is depicted in the film, very difficult for um, women to choose um, when it comes to things like termination. But it, at the same time, the reason I like it is because it doesn't feel preachy. It kind of presents for you, it presents this situation um, for what it is, but it never feels mm. like it's going down your throat and saying, you know, how awful is this? It's just sort of like, yeah. just, just sort of like going, this, here it is, this is what's sort of happening. Um, and for me, I, I think that... The, it's just this sort of um, nuanced and you know understated, but so pa- so powerful sort of relationship between these two women yeah, as they go on this definitely. this mad journey together. It's like you know they they are for for teenagers they are taking drastic dr- drastic action to put themselves on a bus, taking themselves to New York City mm. to put to go through with this, and you know for Autumn to go through this with the support of her cousin um, Skylar. And and put themselves actually in other sort of mortal danger by ending up, you know, out on the streets of New York at night and mm. very yeah. very no. vulnerable. What and what what we'll say is, 
I I completely felt that vulnerability. Yeah. For them throughout, I really. Yeah. No, really I, I completely agree with you there. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's not. It's not an in-your-face film with a plot that's going. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Oh, there's no twist to yeah. it or anything like that. But yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I think in terms of meeting its goals of presenting this, presenting the effects of these issues of reproductive rights, it kind of goes. Look at what these girls are having to go through. Yeah, and, no, I, compl- and that, I completely and that, agree with you. And I think I think it's a very it is a very important film, and I think you know um, a lot of younger people should watch it. Again, I'm not saying it's not good. It you know it was very it was very good. Um, however, it was, for me, it was just a kind of I, I've seen similar films before. Yeah. Where yeah, I don't know. There we go. <laughs> um, where mean, can we see this film, Greg? Uh, good question. Don't put me on the spot like that. Okay, so if you want to watch Never Really, sometimes always you can. Um, and we should say something about the name. Actually, the, the name of the name of it yeah. comes from a discussion with a clinician. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's such it, a harrowing scene. That like, yeah, yeah. It just lingers on her face, and you just see a slot. Just see that kind of the the kind of barriers starting to break. I suppose. Completely, yeah. completely. It was, it was, it was yeah. pretty powerful that scene. Yeah, so you can rent uh, Never Rarely, sometimes always on most stream, streaming services for between three pound forty nine and five pound forty nine, um, or you can buy it for between ten and fourteen pounds um, as well. So you know, Amazon, Sky Store, Apple TV, that sort of business. Thanks, Greg. This, this is the <laughs> is the new this news. news. Okay. So this is the news. <laughs> so, so two bits of news this week, Greg. Well, there's obviously more, but these are the sort of big ones that I've, I've picked up on. Um, number one. So, no, news article number one. Um, Mulan is. Basically, in America, Disney have announced that Mulan is going to go straight to Disney Plus. Cool. But you will have to pay for it. Oh God! Here we go. Yeah. So basically, it's thirty dollars, um, and I'm not actually sure whether it was that's just a rental, whether you'll own it or not. Um, so basically, what they've said is um, North America, Australia. And some of Eastern Europe, it's going straight to Disney Plus, but others where cinemas are going to be more, um, well, are going to be open, you know, definitely. So, us, it'll probably still come to the cinemas. I kind of feel like if Disney, this kind of opens the floodgates really for Disney to start. I feel like they've got us hot line and sinker because we've all joined. Yeah. On mass with Disney Plus, I have my five five ninety nine a month. Wow! Yeah, what a back catalogue of films you've got. Yeah. yeah, have it, have it, and then they're giving it us all. And now they're going to start to do like the Amazon Prime Video thing. Going, they've oh, said they've said this is a one off just because of the situation. However, I believe that when I see it, to be honest. So this is very very scary. I think for cinema, if I'm honest yeah. with you, um, already I think the the CEO of a particular film, uh, sorry, cinema chain in America. It was possibly AMC because I, th- yeah. I know, no, maybe it wasn't. Um, don't take me on that one. Um, but basically, it was videoed by his staff smashing 
the Mulan like big sort of yeah. sign thing <laughs> that they had because he's so f- furious about it. Because you've got to think these cinemas are not going to get revenue because no. Disney have said, you know, what, actually we'll we'll put it straight onto Disney Plus. So it, it's it's awful. It it's it's gonna kill cinema. It will. It really, and really is. It, it is appalling. I mean, on, on the one hand. It does cut out the middleman in some ways. And you think of all the films that have gone straight to streaming, uh, sorry, video on demand, yeah. and and have gone to things like, I don't know, Sky Store or Amazon, yeah. where you can buy, have been able to buy it for prices of, I guess, or sort of 16 quid has been sort of yeah. pretty sort of standard for these new releases. Um, Disney, have, all Disney are doing really is cutting out the middleman and going, yeah. no, we'll, we'll release it to video on demand for a paid fee ourselves. But yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't bode well, does it? No, not at all. It, it's it's worrying. I, I, I mean, I've our cinemas have been in touch more and more frequently over the last couple of weeks, yeah. um, and it's really promising. I mean, my the website for my cinema, it's a small chain cinema, The Light, um, went live this morning uh, for tenant tickets. And yeah. I've got I've got my tenant tickets. I'm so Ooh. excited about that uh, for release day, which is 26th of August. And 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 do you know what? It's, it's something that's been brilliant. That, you know, Warner Brothers and Chris Nolan have done. They've stood firm. They've and I think it's gonna it's gonna pay off. They've got at yeah. least two hundred million dollars to make back, pro- mm. potentially more from what I'm hearing. Well, they, um, you double it for marketing as well, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm fairly confident that they'll that, that they should at least break even. Break yeah, even definitely. On that. Um, definitely. But and and it's and it's acts like that that sort of are going to keep cinemas alive because obviously these cinema people are going to be flooding to these cinemas because of that one single film Tenet. Yeah. And it's just, I, I guess it's all about, it's it's about gambles and whether they're yeah. willing to whether they they're they're playing it safe completely, aren't they? By yeah. putting it on Disney. Put it this way, I if Mulan doesn't come out in the cinema here, which I think it will, but if it doesn't, I will not be paying £30 oh, God, no. to, wa- to watch a film. You wouldn't 30 be 30 pounds? quid to no, watch. No, you know, well, it's $30, so it's like, what, 22 so. quid? 20, yeah. 22 pounds, something like that. You don't pay £22 to go watch a film anyway, no. do you know what I mean? Like, so and, and, I, I just and don't also, And also... I wouldn't. You you wouldn't have your mates around, and I don't know. It's not a pay per view. It's not a pay per view event, is it? I no, exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. You're gonna get people to chip in. It ain't no WrestleMania, Greg. <laughs> no, it is not no WrestleMania. Um, well, okay. Good luck to them. I I I, I kind of hope it. I hope it slaps them in the. It falls back in mm. the face. Yeah. We'll see. So the second bit of news officially announced is. Uh, uh, we sort of mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but it's now been officially announced and there's a director attached. Um, so Garth Davis, who directed Lion, I know you're a big fan of Lion. Oh, right? yeah. Lion. Yeah, yeah, the Death Patel film was really, really good, actually. Um, so he is now officially attached to direct the Neutron film. Oh, cool. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Are we yeah. getting Daft Punk? Unsure. But um, we're getting... I'm up, some, uh, I'm up for some more Daft Punk. We're getting, we're getting someone else, though. Oh yeah, of course he said. Well, oh, that's it because it's about the only director sort of mad enough to deal with him. There was an article. <laughs> was like, Garth oh, you Davis. Send me, did you send me that? Is, yeah, Garth Davis is the only one to. Oh, what is it? Put up with Jared Leto. Oh, yes, Jared Leto. So what's what's he going to be sending in the post this time? <laughs> SD cards. 
Oh man, I just wish he'd so... f- off. Yeah. Math, so that's the news. <laughs> my mum said you're getting very sweary. I know you be potato. Yeah, we are very sweary. <laughs> um, oh well. Sorry, oh well, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, if you want to get your hands on some really, really good, tasty, great quality coffee, you need to head over to cloudgatecoffee.com. I'll tell you one thing about Cloudgate Coffee. I took some on my camping trip. Yeah. I took, uh, yeah, I took some Tanzania pea berry. I took my little cafetiere every nice. morning. I had those lovely, you know, raspberry, apple and black tea notes coming through there. That's, it got me through you. those early, wow. ca- yeah. Got me through those early camping mornings. It was awesome. Everyone was very envious because it was a, just a cafetiere that did enough for like one good cup. Yeah. So I'm there pressing my Cloudgate coffee, going, "You want your own Cloudgate coffee? You'll have to get my cafetiere <laughs> over to the wash block <laughs> over there. Rinse it out yourself, and hey, then get on to CloudgateCoffee.com and use fifteen percent. Use off. code Dads and get yourself fifteen percent off, and then exactly. we can talk. <laughs> then we can talk exactly. <laughs> Cloudgate, my, it's, it's good gear. It is great gear. My favorite is the weekend blend. It's some real strong stuff, and that completely sorted me out on Sunday afternoon when I got home from our friends. So, uh, yeah, amazing. Check out Cloudgate Coffee, guys. Don't miss out. So, as it is our 10th episode, we wanted to do something a little bit different this week. Um, and we got quite a few texts off particular people, but one person in particular, um, and that is our regular listener, Matt, Matthew, Matty, or Lever, whichever one you want to go for. We're, we're, going, we're going for Lever, I, I think. We've been doing quite a good job of holding the premise that every time we get a comment of either Matthew, Matt, or Lever, they're all different people. Quite often, <laughs> several people in the same episode, but it's all one guy. It's fine, it's fine. So hi, Lever. Welcome to Dads on Film. Thanks How for having you? me, guys. <laughs> thank you for listening. Genuinely, thank you yeah, for listening. Yeah. Uh, and you're quite often one of the first, well, you, you are more often than not usually the first person to listen to us and send us the password on a Friday. Um, yeah, I think I think the one, the one time like we referred that. to that, the one time we referred to that, you didn't listen to us on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. That even makes me sound incredibly sad and with little to do in my life or... <laughs> Well, that's only that. Just, a, just a supportive friend. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, let's go down that route. Yeah, we'll be. We'll be like that. <laughs> but nice, but the good. Nice. I mean, the good thing about Lever is he'll always tell us what he likes, but he'll also give a constructive criticism as well. So, yeah. Like this, this bit has come from him. I mean, he's given other constructive criticism, but on a co- more than one <laughs> occasion, he said, "You always agree on everything. We can't help that. I mean, you know, we." We, we, we genuinely have a very similar taste in films, so it's very rare that we're going to really, really massively disagree on a film. Yeah, but, sure. But there are, <laughs> but, but there are some topics where it's it's become apparent that you you disagree with us on. There's definitely one big topic that we. I don't know if you want to get into it now, but yeah, the whole. Uh, let's face it, you're guy rich fanboys, aren't you? So yeah, there's a whole big thing surrounding <laughs> him, but. Uh, well, we, 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 we will get to that one. So basically, what we thought we'd do, and this definitely was, was uh, Lever's brainchild, was introduce a new um, 
section to the podcast that we're only going to bring out every now and again, probably for um, a sort of a, a more milestone episode. So this is the tenth. We may do it for the for the twentieth, something like that. Um, or whether we're or when we're lacking material for other episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that we're we're going for that milestone twelfth episode, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is the first of our film fight clubs. Ding, ding. I'm going to put like a bell in, probably, if, if I have time. We'll We've see. We've already got a bell in. Probably like, it's probably boxing, like sounds and what have you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so basically what we're going to do is we've got three topics that we know for a fact uh, either myself and Greg disagree with with uh, with lever and we're going to put a bit of a timer on it sort of five minutes or so and we're just going to have a um how would we call it it's not we're not saying it's an argument are we no but it's definitely hey, disagreement is good disagreement. disagreement is healthy <laughs> you know um so so the the first one is interesting because um you want to speak about guillermo del toro um lever because yeah. you don't rate him is is that right I right. I'm not. Let's for starters. Let's. Um, I'm not going to say that he's a terrible filmmaker or anything like that. My only criticism of him is that he's correct. Well, it's essentially. Hang on. You, you're getting into your time already. Yeah. Okay, it also sounds like forgive it. Lever's actually in the shower as well right now while he's recording this. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a terrible, <laughs> terrible microphone, <laughs> which makes for an interesting zoom. But no, just to, just to give it just to give it a little bit of a premise. Uh, I mean, I've I've seen a lot of films in my time, but I've not seen. I don't think I've seen a single Guillermo del Toro film. I, I know he's a very interesting guy. I've I've read and watched a lot of interviews um, with him. I know I know a fair bit about him, but I don't think I've any ever seen any. I've not even seen like Pan's Labyrinth. Um, but you quite rate him, don't you, Dave? And and leave it. You don't rate him. So for this bit, we thought right. I may or may not dedicate a couple of hours of my weekend to watching a Guillermo del Toro film. And, and as we know, our, our hours are precious, especially yeah. at the weekend. <laughs> Dave, it's up to you to persuade me to give over two of those hours. Mm to see in a Guillermo del Toro film. Lever, it's up to you to persuade me that I need not bother. Right, I can do that right now, Greg. Right, one of your go. favorite films, yeah? Get Out. Am I correct in saying that's one of your favorites? Yeah, yeah, I love Get Out, yeah. Right, well, Get Out was beaten in the Oscars in 2017 by a Guillermo <laughs> del Toro film, The Shape of Water, which okay. is boring dross compared to Get Out. It's fish food, you could say, Lever. fish like food, that yes. <laughs> so there's there's point number one right okay hellboy one and two absolutely stunning films may not be the best comic book adaptations ever stunning right amazing cast he definitely knows how to work with the cast he uh, he made blade two which is one of the darkest comic book films ever and it's incredible um, Pan's Labyrinth is just out of this world. It's wonderful. He's got this amazing eye and he sort of creates these like other worlds which you just wouldn't kind of comprehend. And they're all like so dark, but the, they almost have this sort of childlike, um, I don't know, childlike sort of take on them. They're all sort of based on like fairy tales. There's a lot of like, you know, you'll get like a, a centaur or something like that in them <laughs> rather than a vampire. Do you know what I mean? Those sorts of things. Yeah, um, yeah Pacific Rim sucked. Me and Lever definitely both agree Terrible. on that one. However, I don't know. Back catalog is, is the rest of his back catalog is is very very solid. 
I'd, I, right, I agree that everything he does, it all looks great, really, really like unique and interesting and everything. But you're saying like he gets the best out of his cast. Why does he get? How does he get the best out of his cast? I think I don't. I don't remember a Del Toro film having a performance in it where I thought, "Wow, she he deserves an Oscar for her performance." It doesn't matter about an Oscar. Look at Ron Perlman underneath all that, all that those like pounds and pounds of prosthetics, and getting you, you know getting him to act through that and get this like really really cool performance, which was not achieved by David Harbour in the remake. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, so Shape of Water, I mean, you were slating Shape of Water, I've just... Sally Hawkins, I really like Sally Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, I first saw Sally Hawkins in... Um, oh, what was, Maiden what was, was it? No, no, it was... Um, oh, what, what was it? it Paddington. Had, no, no, it was before that. It was before that. It, had, it was... Um, it was a film, it was like sort of like a film for type for a film with Eddie Marzan in um, where she's like, he's like a driving instructor. I think it's called like Happy Go Lucky or something like that. Oh, right. um, really cool, really cool film. But she, yeah, obviously she's in Paddington. Um, did you, did you rate Shape of Water then, Dave? I, I quite liked it. it. I will agree. It wasn't like this groundbreaking film, but I think you can tell it's a Guillermo del Toro film. Like, like you can tell sort of Tim Burton, a Tim Burton film. Um, I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan, I think, but I think Del Toro just, as I say, he kind of like sculpts these worlds and that are just really, really like magical. I don't know, it's really weird. And even though Pacific Rim wasn't great, you can still see that sort of that. I don't know that like style in it, if that makes sense. Dave. I, I completely, completely agree with everything you're saying about the way his style and everything what like looks, but it's just the. When it comes to like the story and what have you, like with Pacific Rim, there was no real story there. It was just robots fighting monsters, which looked great, maybe. <laughs> but it, it, there was no real substance to it. You know what I mean? Right. Let's start to wind this up, Dave. If you think I should watch one Guillermo del Toro film this weekend, what should it be? I'm going to go Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Um, Lever, have you seen Pan's Lab- Labyrinth? Sorry, everyone. Uh, Greg's just eating his tea while we're doing my, this. You my wife dirty dog. My whilst we've been talking, it's great. <laughs> All right. Um, I have seen Pad's Labyrinth. It's probably the one of the few of his which I would say is actually good. So if you were to waste two hours on Guillermo del Toro, say do it with that one. Okay, uh, I may give two hours this weekend to watch Pan's Labyrinth. Will I do it in what, two what, hours? What a conclusion. We've come to there. I might, I might watch it. We'll <laughs> you, see, you've, so. all, you've almost <laughs> read a, read a, reached consensus, consensus. Whilst you don't agree on his whole bad catalogue, catalog, you, uh, you both reckon it's worth a watch. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. there you go. Um, ding, ding. Look, look what these debates do to us. They, you know, we can come together <laughs> over the over these things. So, um, Pan's Labyrinth from 2006. I, I mean, I'm going to go straight to Amazon and rent it for two pound forty nine. I might even buy it for four pound ninety nine. <laughs> I think I've won. Screw you, Lever. Yeah, you. <laughs> that draw. I'm saying that's a draw. Greg was like, um, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, right. round two. Slightly more close to home, maybe more controversial. It is the third in the Daniel Craig Bond series, Skyfall. Lever, I know you're a fairly big fan of this film, whereas myself and Greg are not. Why? Well, we're about to tell you. Five minutes, here we go. The reasons I do not like Skyfall is it's bloody lazy. It is Home Alone 
for grown-ups, and that is not what James Bond is all about. <laughs> it has terrible, <laughs> terrible product placement, which is Heineken. just, it is disgusting. Either Heineken, Audi, Sony, yeah. Adidas, Aston Martin, Martin DB5, and Amiga. And <laughs> beeping, it has got shit effects. The effects yeah. are shocking. The, uh, what is it, the big, big, the kimono dragons or whatever they're called. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> disgusting I mean it's t- for me it's, it's two and a half hours that is a very overindulgent Bond film no Bond mm. film needs to be two and a half hours long um, I thought wh- whilst I thought it was quite cool bringing Naomi Harris in from, as Moneypenny and I, I like the fact because actually for the, all the other Daniel Craig films you didn't have Q and you didn't have Moneypenny and they brought both of these back in this film um, but Moneypenny just didn't have like she, she's supposed to have this chemistry with Bond there was no chemistry there whatsoever mm. it's just like oh she's just there she's just like none of that was there i thought it was a bit i like but I, I like i like bond films for what they are on the face of it it, it was a good romp so I'm, I'm repeating it's it's my tea repeating on me uh, um, you um, your own words of slagging off a bond film i thought that might be it <laughs> um but Yeah, you're right. It was lazy. The Heineken thing was just like, oh, for goodness sake. Really bad. And uh, yeah, that that final act of the whole, oh, suddenly we've decided we're going to play on this Scottish heritage thing and go to this like this retreat that he's got and set it all up with booby traps and everything like that. It by was... the way, by the way, we ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can you yeah, tell? Exactly. <laughs> oh, he's going to his garage to get a car. What could it be? Oh, <laughs> it's the Aston Martin DB5. Like, it, it, it was just crowd pleasing. Like, oh, what are they going to pull out next? Hey, what's that next? Wait. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> go on, leave it. You're both idiots and completely wrong. Right. <laughs> Skyfall isn't just like a really good Bond film. It's just a really good film. Like, stop that right there. The first of all, you're complaining about all the effects and what have you, and the product placement. Yeah, it's there, and I know you're gonna also bring up the thing about his big fat hands because he <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on which didn't work with his gun and all of that rubbish. Which I I have to concede, but the film is great. Because it, unlike any, like it, it fleshes out the characters more in that film. Like you learn more about Bond's backstory than you do with any other Bond film. You learn more about M. It's a very learn... convenient backstory, though, wasn't it? It's just what, like it's it, yeah, it's just like oh, we need we need another place to go for this final act. Oh, what's what, what, gone? What's <laughs> Sean Connery Scottish? It's the uh... thing. It's, it's a, it is a thing from the books. It's not a Sean Connery like just. They're not just attaching to that old actor. And also, the main thing, the main reason I love Skyfall most of all is because it's got the best Bond villain in Javier. No, Bond. no. He's the best Bond villain. Seen Bean. Sean Bean. Seen Bean. For Seen England, James. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Seen Bean is also good, but. I, like, I'm not comparing it to other ones. He's he's just a brilliant. Javier Bardem is a brilliant uh, villain because it, first of all he gets built up as this really fearsome like thing that you don't see. Then when you finally do meet him, meet him, he looks like almost kind of like I don't want to say this to sound negative, but he co- he comes across as kind of effeminate 
and he maybe looks a little bit comical and you sort of think, oh, but that's all a ruse just to like put you at ease. And later on, you see when he takes off, he, he really is a monster. He literally takes off, what is it, his jaw or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His scar and, what, and stuff like that. So it's all just stuff to put you at ease. And he's, it, the thing as well, um, one, right, when, at the very start, when the uh, Bond's tied to the chair and he meets Bardem for the first time, yeah. Bardem's walking in and telling him this story about his grandma's island. And then he gets up close and talk, start, they start talking about M and how she what she's done to them both and what have you. And Bond says, well, at least she never tied me up in a chair. And Bardem goes, her loss, and starts checking Bond out. <laughs> and that's like, that's what, because that, Bond's got no sort of defense against that. He's a womanizer. To have yeah. uh, like uh, somebody of the same sex, like, onto him, like, he doesn't know how to deal with it, sort of. So that's just really great sort of juxtaposition. Yeah. Oh my God, I just right. <laughs> have you have we had our five minutes that is the five minutes wow i mean that was a very I, I, compelling compelling point sir leader oh i, I wrong. feel like it, i feel <laughs> like it's a, it's a two on one i do feel a little bit bad on this one right because yeah i mean lever's got no one to back him up but it is our <laughs> podcast so um <laughs> i mean um, what well, i will say something i'll say something i'll give it a really good positive it's better than Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard, is it? Ding, ding. <laughs> okay. Yep. Round three. Ding, ding. So, round three, and this is very, very controversial because all, whether Lever thinks it or not, Greg and I are not actually huge uh, Guy Ritchie fans. It's we funny how it's come to, about. We just seem to have <laughs> spoken about him quite we a lot. speak about him every episode. <laughs> no, well, we, no, we consciously had a big break um, from like speaking a, about like him. Three-episode break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, we, I, I mean, early on, I think, um, I mean, was it, was it you who had originally recommended Man From U.N.C.L.E. to Dave a while ago? Was yeah, it? it was, actually. It was. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, Dave set that as my homework in the, after the first week. And um, we, we next we were speaking about Aladdin, I think, hmm. and um, Wardy, my next door neighbour, and one of my good mates who is also a regular listener, uh, has been pestering me to see the, the gentleman for a long time, and we consciously put that off for weeks, um, yeah. knowing that we'd been speaking about Guy Ritchie quite a bit already. <laughs> I, I mean, the, it was also because there was talk of this third film in the, in the Sherlock series that is yeah. coming out well, what will be next year, probably at the earliest mm. um, now. We, do you know what? I, I, I know Guy Ritchie's limits. I, I enjoy his sort of gangster lads, lads, lads films for <laughs> what they are. Like, what, Gazer? Gazer, sharks got to eat, um, and all that sort of jazz. Oh, that was, yeah. Lions got to eat. Oh, but in a way, that's what makes things like, I mean... Aladdin, you, I don't think it's got a trace of Guy Ritchie about it. If, you, I think if, you, if I'd have watched it not knowing it was a Guy Ritchie film, and then you'd ask me who who directed it, I would never have guessed it was Guy Ritchie. Yeah, um, yeah. But the Sherlock Holmes films have got traces of Guy Ritchie, certainly, but it's, it's nice and refreshing because they're not those geezery, London-based gangster sort of lads, lads, lads films, are they? Although on one, on one hand, they kind of are as well, though. You know what I mean? It's not, it's like, he's kind of in his comfort zone, but then 
as, as ridiculous as this sounds, but then out of his comfort zone as well, because this was like one of the first kind of big, big budget films that he did. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And it showed that actually he could do them. I think like he was the perfect choice for, for those films. They knew they wanted to do something different, um, like away from the kind of uh, the Cumberbatch uh, Sherlock Holmes stuff and I think Guy Ritchie with he's definitely got a style like style a style to his to his directing and it just fit perfectly especially with the kind of the, the martial arts kind of stuff going on um I think Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. have just got this like beautiful chemistry yeah they really really do they work so well yeah. together which is funny because obviously Robert Downey Jr. coming off the back of Iron Man Jude Law you know, coming off the back of everything, Jude Law's in everything, isn't he? Like, but he yeah. he hadn't really done anything worthwhile for a few years, and I thought actually that was perfect for him. And it was quite nice seeing Robert Downey Jr. stepping away from Iron Man and doing it. It's like, well, something you wouldn't really expect him to do. Yeah, completely. Lever, yeah. What do you think? Right. Well, here's my rubbish. That's what it is. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah, all rubbish. Yeah. First of all, first controversial dig is I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is right for Sherlock at all. Who would you cast? Do you not think well, he's got that air of arrogance and self-belief that makes him right, perfect I, for it? That... I, I get where you're coming from, and I get with with a character like Sherlock Holmes, because the character is so well known and I don't know, big for a lack of a better word, you either have to go with that like big star name for it, or you should go for a complete unknown. And for me, you, they should have done gone with the unknown. That, I suppose that's what they film. did with the TV show, didn't they? Because people didn't really oh, yeah. know who Cumberbatch was back then. Right. Yeah, sure. And when watching these films, I'm not, I'm not watching it thinking, oh, what's Sherlock's going to do X, Y, and Z now? I'm watching it thinking, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is doing X, Y, and Z. I'm not <laughs> buying him as Sherlock. Right. I, the thing is, that, th- thing is, we're stepping into the dangerous territory of comparing um, Guy Ritchie's period pieces of Sherlock Holmes films to the modern adaptations that have been this really successful TV series, which have their own flaws. But I mean, in, I think it's the second Sherlock Holmes films that's got Jared Harris's uh, Moriarty. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And I think he's amazing. And it would be really easy to say, Andrew Scott's a better Moriarty in the, in the new adaptation. And Andrew Scott is amazing in the TV, yeah, TV yeah. modernization. But you're comparing apples and bananas. They're completely different things. You know, um, they've got this, they're based on the same source material yeah. loosely. But the, they are, they're set in completely different times. All it is is they are the same sort of like adventure, mystery sort of discovery films but that's but that's the that's the backbone that makes them so exciting and i think he just kind of pulls it off i understand what you're saying but controversial point number two i don't even like the bbc series sherlock that much (laughs) so have you just got a problem with sherlock holmes in general (laughs) (laughs) i pretty much i kind of have and it's because of the way he's portrayed right Sherlock Holmes isn't meant to be this big... Like, you were talking about the martial arts stuff that he does in the film. That's not meant to be what Sherlock Holmes is about at all. He's not meant to be this action hero kind of guy. He's meant to be this, like, cold, calculating detective. That's what he's meant to be about. It shouldn't be an action film. It should be more of a... I'd love to see a really dark, psychological thriller, Sherlock Holmes. But that's that's what a lot of the TV series is. I mean, albeit I'll say I, I love the earlier stuff of the TV series. I think the more it's gone on, the more they've started to like 
get more ridiculous and they've jumped the shark a couple of occasions, um, especially with some of the Christmas specials they've done. But I, I think conceptually, the earlier stuff is just sensational in the way they've brought it through to the through to the modern day. But we're not talking about that. And we don't talk about TV. <laughs> um, no, don't, you don't see TV, do you? <laughs> I, I, I will concede that to you. I do agree that I remember watching. I mean, we're talking. It's it. Then they're eleven and nine years ago, respectively. The yeah, two yeah. Uh, Sherlock Holmes films. And, I think um, the second so, one's better than the first. And I'd agree with you. Um, yeah. uh, but, but I'm, I'm taking my mind, but I've not seen either of them recently. But I do remember thinking that watching them, thinking that's the only bit. Thinking, hang on. What's what's this fighting about? That's that, exactly. that's not See, at the start of the first one. He's bare knuckle boxing. How is that show? Yeah, I just think it's a di- it's a different take, and I think I think it worked really really well. There's a scene in the second film where they're running away from like a German art like a munitions factory, and they're running through a forest. And it is so intense. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. But the there we again, go. A five minute. Oh, go on, Levy. Last point. Go on. All right, last point. Again, the films look great and stunning. It's uh, kind of similar to De- the Del Toro argument. Looks great, but I just, I don't think it, it's just, it's not what I want from the Sherlock Holmes character. Okay. The end. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I will say last point is Mark Strong is awesome. That's what I'm Mark Strong's great at everything, so there you go. Oh, um, come on. Magic wow. Sherlock Holmes. That's what? No. Just no. It's not, that, it's not magic. <laughs> oh, no, never yeah, mind. We're getting into spoilers. <laughs> right, well, there we go. I think... <laughs> I don't know if this worked or not because there's no clear winners. So <laughs> we're all losers here, guys. Hey, hey we're, we're, we've we've done some. We've we, don't know. Use your words, Greg. He's had a few gins at this point, guys. <laughs> um, I definitely feel ganged up upon. It's basically been you two against me. I've been trying to hold my own here. You, but you're a competition winner because you've made it onto your show. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this is the prize. Right, right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. <laughs> Thanks, well, guys. It's very much, Lever, for being on our very first film fight club. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I, I have as well. Uh, it's been it's been nice to it's been nice to chat to someone different. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> well, just you know, it's nice, nice to mix it up, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely brilliant. Oh, I, I, hope, I hope we've not put you off listening. Well, you know, it's been an experience. That's all I'll say. Hey, Lever, you can join yeah. in the joke. I'll see you at the pub later. Okay. It's Friday, isn't it? All oh, right, yeah, of course, Friday. It's Friday. Of course, yeah. I get the joke. Got to get down on Friday. Got to get anyway. down on Friday. Everybody is looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> weekend. Thanks, guys. Right. Cheers, Lever. Um, Bye-bye. Greg Lever's just messaged me. He's he messaged said, me uh, as well. Was he? So, to be honest, man, every, kind of, every time, Lee is very good at this. He does not discriminate. Yeah. When he messages you about the podcast, he messages me yeah. as well. So, yeah. so he's just said, my mum has informed me she could hear me swearing a lot during that. So sorry if that's an issue. <laughs> well, you, you asked to edit it. So actually, uh, yeah. yeah, thanks, Lee. It is an issue. Okay, guys, so this week we watched the new Seth Rogen film, An American Pickle, directed by Brandon Trost and released this week. What do you think, Greg? Well, I'm not a big Seth Rogen fan. I mean, I, I've liked some films with him in. I really yeah. like, I, think, I don't know, things like, um, 
Anchorman for starters, he's got a small role in Anchorman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 40-year-old virgin I, I really like. But uh, on the whole, Seth Rogen, inverted commas, stoner comedies, yeah. I've just not got a great deal of time for. I find them, and this I know this chimes controversially with you because y- 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 you, you quite like them, don't you? Because of my life choices. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but, um, but um, I mean, I've not great. I've not. I think Seth Rogen's quite overrated. I think he, he's quite a sort of lazy actor. Um, I I don't really like a lot of the roles he plays. I think they're all quite samey. But in looking at this, I thought, even though I'm not a big fan of Seth Rogen, this looks quite different. He's doing this yeah. character, sort of a period character. But then I start watching. I thought, oh god, I've not got one Seth Rogen. I've got two. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's playing dual characters, so he's he, he he's playing uh, the main guy Herschel, um, who's this Greenbaum, Herschel Greenbaum, yeah, this East European uh, from the nineteen twenties who, in an Austin Powers esque way, gets preserved in pickle for um, about a hundred years, and then gets discovered and meets up with his descendant who is Ben also played by Seth Rogen and Ben is this sort of um, this iPad bearing hipster hipster (laughs) sort of Brooklyn media you know developer isn't he one of them who sits in coffee shops for yeah. work um yeah he's an app <laughs> developer and, and, and I, I say that's that's one of the really good things about this film it's sort of it, it holds up a mirror to these sort of like hipsters and the <laughs> sort of, and the sort of shallow faux ethical culture of these yeah you know, <laughs> guys in brooklyn who see this guy selling pickle out of unbranded jars and like, oh i've got to get some of that there are absolutely some laugh out moments like that the, when so Herschel, this character, he he finds out the way to sort of make money. He's got a motive to make money. He wants to get rid of this uh, billboard that's above his <laughs> the uh, co- wife, the Cossacks. Place. Yeah, the Cossacks. <laughs> he, wants, um, he wants to make money to sort of acquire this billboard to get rid of it. Uh, so he just, he goes down the only route he knows, which is selling pickle, which is from cucumbers that he finds in um, trash cans uh, yeah. to with rainwater, yeah, yeah, rainwater and salt. Uh, um, but it, but it is one of the most sort of uh, um, hipster things ever sort of on street corners. <laughs> and there's these two guys that is, that are on the phone who's looking at it and go, "This guy isn't even on Yelp. <laughs> you should you should do a post on him. Yeah, you should totally do a post on him." And it kind of and, it, and there is that sort of funny element. It is sort of you know it is poking fun at mm. these sort of people. And and actually, as Seth Rogen performances go. I didn't mind the Herschel bit. The Ben yeah. character annoyed me quite a bit, really. Um, it, I, the film, I think, is in this kind of no man's land between... It is ridiculous. Like, the concept, yeah. this guy's been preserved in pickle. It, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And when he sort of, like, gets brought to life, they can, there's no sort of, like hysteria really about yeah they're just, just like, like oh, all right see you then right, here he is that's <laughs> there, there we have our vehicle for bringing this guy yeah yeah forward in time for 100 years um <laughs> but it's in this no man land between ridiculous and sentimental yeah uh, I, I, it's a shame in a way because it could have been i think it could have been a really brilliant film and i just kind of felt like yeah. it kept missing really um mm. what did you make of it yeah a few things 
I sort of picked up on. Did you notice the intro aspect ratio? Where, where have we seen that before? Yes, so it's four feet. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so it's a bit, what do you mean like lighthouse? Lighthouse, yeah. yeah. Similarly, yeah, it's very square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very, very odd concept. I think if it <laughs> wasn't for the lockdown, we wouldn't really have seen this film probably anywhere else do you know what i mean um but however it had it did have this kind of charming quality to it especially in the first half before herschel's politics and views come out a little bit more (laughs) but like you're saying it had this kind of sentimentality to it there's you know there's an innocence to herschel at first when he first comes back and when we first meet him in you know uh 1920 or whatever it is he has a funny line about when he first meets his wife he's like she was perfect she has <laughs> all her teeth top and bottom <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's, a giggle. it's very borat isn't it yeah i was um, gonna say it's very borat yeah yeah um however i felt it was for a, for a seth rogan vehicle and i i do like seth rogan i do like his films i don't like them all because again, some of them are very, very self-indulgent, especially when he's with James Franco. Um, yeah. But it felt a little bit reined in slightly, and I don't, I don't know whether this was because it's for H, uh, HBO Max or what. Um, I think maybe it needed a little bit more of an edge, and I think like I think there was this sort of edgy film in there. And then, then you say there's almost this sort of sentimental kind of film in there as well, which it, it couldn't decide which one it wanted to be. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I also thought it was quite nice to see Seth Rogen doing something a little bit different. The Ben character, yeah, we've seen him do that before, the kind of smultzy, you know, yeah. the guy who has these big dreams and things like that. But it was more the kind of Herschel side that I actually I really liked. It was good yeah. seeing him doing something a little bit different. And actually there was there was some fairly decent acting in it from him, which he, he rarely shows. He does try and do some dramatic stuff and sometimes it just doesn't work. He was in the, the Danny Boyle, uh, Steve Jobs film. Uh, Jobs. Of course he was. He played, yeah. uh, he was Steve Wozniak, wasn't he? Um, yeah. And he was, he, you know, he was, he was fine in that one. I think he, you know, he, trying something a little bit different. And I think that kind of related to this a little bit. Um, the dual roles thing kind of worked. It's not, it's not like, Coming to America or Nutty Professor or something like you know where Eddie but, Murphy plays these like really big outlandish characters. Although although he's this sort of hundred year old uh, Eastern European guy, he's not this like big crazy sort of thing. It but, was rain. And that's yeah. ju- just jumping in there. If Seth Rogen does want to wave his arms up in the air to the world of cinema and go, look, I can do different things. Yeah. Doing a dual role film like this is the best way for it to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. like because they are two completely different characters, mm. which he play and. It plays very convincingly different. They are, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's a, the reason is he he doesn't play them both without good reason because they are related. He Ben yeah. is a Ben is a direct descendant of of Herschel, and that's yeah. why they have that similar look. They have the same eyes and that sort of thing. But obviously, Herschel's got this big beard um, and speaks completely differently. And and yeah, I did. I I grew a little bit more respect for Seth Rogen as an actor. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, and, and oh yeah, thought, it's definitely not like getting any awards for this film. Oh, like, no, is it? Oh god no. God no. But but the Herschel character is very different to things I've seen him do, do yeah, before. Yeah, definitely. And it's very different to the things that have annoyed me about Yeah. The- so I, I think overall there is there's a few different films in this and it 
can't quite decide which one it wants to be. Don't go in expecting another, you know, knocked up or super bad Pineapple Express, those sorts of films. It ain't that sort of film. But then also don't go in thinking it's this sort of family drama. It's not really marketed that way, but it kind of sits in the middle somewhere, which fair. I was. It's fairly unremarkable, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I mean, like I say, it's it's got notes of Austin Powers in the sort of theme of him coming for, sort of um, forward in time, sort of thing. It's got notes of Borat in there as well. But there's yeah. nothing. Yeah, like I said, there's nothing laugh out loud there. Well, there's a, okay. There's a, there's a couple of laugh out loud bits, but it's not yeah. a laugh out loud comedy as a whole. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, so yeah. there you go, an American pickle available in cinemas now. tips so this week we thought for our so solid year we would um honor a late great actor comedian and all-round top bloke as we've mentioned before uh robin williams so this week sadly it's six years since robin williams passed so we thought we would uh tie this in with our so solid you so this week we are looking at mrs doubtfire which i mean it's always been one of my favourite films, and it might seem like we're taking liberties here, but I didn't realise until sort of partway through watching it, I had to look up on BBFC to see yeah. what certificate it had, and it's a twelve. It's a twelve, yeah. um, which I mean, <laughs> I can completely see why it's a twelve because it does have. I mean, I can't figure out. I can't watch this when it came out because it was nineteen ninety three. I can't imagine I watched this when I was five. We had it on video. I remember watching it. I, I don't think I went to the cinema. I couldn't have gone to the cinema to watch it. We definitely had it on VHS. Yeah. Um, but it's something that I feel like has always been around me and I've always loved. Um, but it's so funny. And watching it, there are a lot of... I mean, there are some swearies. Um, Dark, <laughs> <laughs> dark. Um, but... Um, and there are some quite vulgar sexual references, but I think so many of them went over my head when I watched them for the first time. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's it's very. I think it is very laid as a comedy. I I I, I watched it with my kids. Uh, my eldest gave up about halfway. Halfway. Through. What I will say is it's quite a long film. It's a couple of hours long, yeah. and it does get. I mean, when I gave the premise to them, and I've not watched. I've not watched it until this week for some time. Um, but the, I mean, the idea of when you're saying to a four-year-old and a five-year-old, mm-hmm. oh, it's about it's about a dad who has to dress up as a lady to in order to see yeah. his kids. It's kind of quite cool. That doesn't happen for about till about best part of an hour in. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's quite slow going to start. Yeah. With, and it was hard yeah. to sort of like keep them engaged. Um, my daughter watched most of it with me and in, enjoyed enjoyed it pretty much. Um, you know, I think even though it is a twelve. What I will say is that the swearies and the sexual references aren't the problem with watching it with younger kids. The problem is, yeah. with certainly with four-year-olds and five-year-olds, is the engagement because actually it does take a bit to get to the interesting yeah. funny yeah. bits, I think, mm, that, they, that they might sort of buy into. Yeah, it's definitely made for slightly older well, it's, it, chill, it's not really made for children, but it, if, if it is, it's sort of slightly older children, isn't it? Because I think 
with what it addresses. Yeah, on the outset, it's this funny comedy where the, the dad dresses up as a, an old lady to get, you know, see the kids and ha, ha, ha. But actually, it's not about that, is it? And as we all know, it's not about that. It's about dealing with divorce and dealing with loss and things like that. Yeah. And that's how uh, and that's how this dad, you know, what this father will do. He'll go to any means to, to be with his children. Mm. And I think like, yeah, we said, I think we said this about some of the Disney films and how they address like, heavy topics and how it's really healthy for kids to see these and i think this was this is kind of that but for slight as i say slightly older kids so you know to address issues like divorce you know some of the some of the rows that daniel uh, and and his wife miranda have are like the full-on like blazing rows mm. and it's really uncomfortable it is genuinely uncomfortable to sort of watch and yeah. i think even like the ending how and obviously we all know the ending but like they don't end up together you know that that's it's that's a it's almost like a, it's a nice thing to see. It doesn't have to be this sort of picturesque happy ending. It is still a happy ending because he gets yeah. to see his children and and they are sort of civil with each other. But it doesn't have to be this other kiss and makeup. And that's how that's how the world is because it's not that's not how the world is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, back to back to the audience then. I suppose I mean you and I are both very lucky enough to be from uh, very nuclear families, and we both have our own nuclear families yeah. right, right now. But I suppose the audience is the age of uh, the older two kids, probably in particular Chris and Lydia, um, mm. of his kids, and actually. It is there with messages to help yeah, young people deal mm. with the very real reality of separation. And yeah. there's this very poignant message. And I was chopping some serious onions at the end. Yeah. Even though I knew it was coming, and I've not, yeah. but I've not seen it for years. Of um, when he's, I don't think it's a spoiler to say he's got, he's got his own show as Mrs. Doubtfire at the end, and he's got had this letter written in. Yeah, that he reads yeah. out, and wow, that is so powerful, and that is the bit that compounds the whole film. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's funny the lengths he goes to, and and it's unrealistic the lengths he goes to, <laughs> to see his kids, of course. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the message of compounding that idea of um, that sometimes this separation might be for the greater good, and it doesn't, and it doesn't mean that the kids are loved any less and things like that. Yeah. It's just like wow. That is amazing. And and I suspect that film in itself has helped so many yeah, um, kids of, of that particular age over the years mm. in terms of sort of dealing with that sort of idea. And probably parents as well. Probably yeah. probably parents who have gone through what uh, Daniel and, uh, is it Miranda, did you Miranda, say? Miranda, yeah, uh, yeah. Are going through in terms of um, just showing how much actually you know, no, no, refocusing of how of what the important side of things are and how and how the kids are the most important thing um, yeah it, it's very very poignant in that sense. and and i mean goes without saying robin williams wow yeah. wow, yeah. wow 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 and you know what this is the perfect film for robin williams because it's like it's like when jim carrey gets like you know like one of my favorite films is the truman show and yeah. I think that's perfect for Jim Carrey because he can be this kind of crazy guy, but he can also be reined in and do like the, the, dramatic, the dramatic stuff. And 
that's per- Mrs. Doubtfire's perfect for Robin Williams because he does all the you know all the improv stuff when he's in the kitchen cooking the, the yeah. lobsters and sets himself yes. on fire and it's all hilarious. <laughs> but then he he can just turn it on and just be this like just do this like beautiful dramatic performance. You know the arguments with 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 Miranda, uh, which I will say mm-hmm. it's only till sort of much later on when I've w- watched it as an adult that yeah. I always sort of pictured the the Sally Field as as Miranda as the, the baddie, you know, not the baddie, but like the villain. And actually like, it's him. He's a, he's a terrible parent. Like, <laughs> God, yeah, and I always yeah. feel really, but now I'm like, God, like she really had it tough and she yeah. comes out in, you know, in a bad light and she's not at all. Uh, yeah. Anyways, the point was, what was I saying? Um, uh, yeah. So like the, when he, when they first split up, I always remember Robin Williams, like the, the look on his face when, when, when they actually split up and he, like, he's broken and it's really, yeah. but like beautiful acting from Robin Williams. You've got the crazy stuff. You've got the, the sort of poignant stuff towards the end. And it's just, it is a beautiful, beautiful film. Yeah. Um, and it's also seven years old, Greg, 27. How many? 27. Wow. That makes me feel old. I just got to give a shout out to Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan is the git, well. git. He's a wonderful git in playing who's the love interest of Stuart um, Dunmire yeah I, I literally watched this film so much I can quote it I know all the all the characters and he throws a lime at the back of his head it's so yeah. brilliant and, I mean talk about jokes that sort of go go over your head I, something that I would never have noticed when I was younger is the restaurant scene towards the end where um, Daniel, as Mrs. Doubtfire, is going on on, on his ear about the jewellery that he's bought from Miranda and says, is that a going down payment? (laughs) (laughs) And that, completely, as younger, wouldn't have even crossed my mind, but there you go, very clever. Beautiful. Um, Cool film. Where where can we watch Mrs. Doubtfire, Greg? um, But yeah, um, so Disney Plus. Wonderful. Hello! So, regular listener Stu sent us his, once again, a wonderfully in-depth, profound, just like, oh, such a deep, deep He's a wordsmith. He's a wordsmith. He really is. He really is. So, prepare yourselves, people. This is Stu's review of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm sorry if if it goes a bit long as well. Here we go. Mrs. Doubtfire is mint. So this week on social media, we gave you two films to choose from for our 12-word review, The Dirty Dozen, and these were Trainspotting and The Sixth Sense. And what one, Greg? Trainspotting. It's sort of pretty landslide. I was so pleased to see. Uh, what percentage did you put? Seventy-three percent for Train Spotting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I absolutely love this film. I can't really say. Yeah. I'm not allowed to say more than the twelve words. No, am I? we're not. We're not. No, no, no. So here we go. Here's mine. Film of a generation. Boyle and McGregor. Choose a film. Choose Train Spotting. Ooh, I love <laughs> it. I love it. Beautiful. Um, I went for Boyle's brutal yet funny, cool yet grim, astonishing work with an outstanding soundtrack. Lager, lager, lager. Mega, mega white thing. Tune. Tune. Wonderful. Boom, 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 bo
let us know your thoughts on trade spotting guys um keep an eye on social media over the next few days for next week's pick So regular listener Rich has sent us a message on Instagram. And unfortunately, I won't be able to read the full message because it's quite foul. Uh, and abusive. Foul, let's put it that way. I was yeah. actually sat next to Richard when he sent us this message. Um, so he said, watch Vice homework set. Blank, 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 blank. So this is the Adam McKay directed uh Christian Bale film Vice. So uh, Christian Bale plays, is it Dick Cheney? That's my American yeah. politics is brilliant. Yeah, yeah um, Dick Cheney, there you go. I'll the... tell, tell you, my American politics isn't brilliant, but it's much better since watching Hamilton. Oh, Christ. So we're going to watch Vice this week, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. no, I've, I've heard really good things about this. This is the film where Christian Bale put on like loads and loads of weight to play Dick Cheney. He had an amazing our boy, Oscar Sa- Our boy Sam Rockwell. Our boy Sam Rockwell plays George W. Bush. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching this one. So, uh, yeah, don't forget to send us your picks guys. If you want to set us some homework, uh, send us a message, you know, we're more than happy to, well, con- consider them. Watch Vice <laughs> with us. I mean, not with us, yeah. but watch it this week as well uh, as we do. And then <laughs> send in your opinion through watching it on Amazon prime. I think someone, one of us, and it's not <laughs> me. Has had quite a lot of gin at this mentioning, point. <laughs> mentioning no names. Hey, it's a Friday morning, the sun's shining, is it? I don't know. <laughs> yep, why not? It's very clammy. It's very clammy on this Friday morning. It's very close. It's very close. It's very close, sticky, isn't it? Sticky, close, sticky, sticky weather. Sticky weather. Anyway, there you go. Vice, cool. So there we go. That was our 10th episode, Greg. Yeah, 10. I can't wow. believe it. I'm going to be surprised if you can walk to your bedroom in a bit because your eyes are pretty much closed oh. right now. Alternatively, <laughs> I'm in my spare room and there's a bed just next to me, so I could just <laughs> collapse. Please into stop there. recording before you, <laughs> you do. Otherwise, it's going to be a long podcast. It's, uh, yeah, it's Friday morning anyway. I can, yeah, it's, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you doing with your weekend, Greg? I don't know. I don't know. It's, I'm not camping. Um, I, I, no. I'll I just see what happens, really. Um, free spirit, just, mate. Free, free spirit. spirit. So it's just, just time with the kids in the sunshine. Shine. Just enjoying life, really. Beautiful. Probably be drinking some Cloudgate coffee. Great. <laughs> um, Another big thanks to Cloudgate, guys. 15% yeah. off if you use code DADS. Cloudgate.com. <laughs> Oh dear, I'm sorry. Sorry, what about you? What about you? What are you doing this weekend? Oh, thanks. Thanks. This is a seems like a one way relationship at the moment. It's a dialogue. It's a dialogue. (laughs) Uh, What am I doing tonight? It is regular listener Stu's birthday today. Happy birthday, Stewie. He's not going to be listening because regular listener, not. Um, Well, to be fair. Well, yeah. So we're going to go for a few. He's got loads. He just, he's a busy man. He's, busy, he's busy, busy writing. That's all he does is just write beautiful sentence, <laughs> sentences. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, little Dimitri's birthday today, so we're going to go and have a few scoops tonight. 
Hey, nice. Hey, yeah. Um, and then potentially got a f- meeting a few friends tomorrow for a little walk or something like that. But that's about it. Nice and chill, cool. chill weekend. Are we, are, we, are we going to say now that next week is going to be Nolan week? We are going to hammer. Week is going to be Nolan week because two weeks. I mean, two weeks, two days, two in two weeks, two <laughs> days ago. Wait, we're going to break the twenty sixth. Just say the twenty sixth. Sod it. We're recording this on a Wednesday in two weeks today. Tenet's coming out, man. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, Tenet. Um, so I don't, I don't know the format. We're going to do it yet, but we're going to speak about Chris Nolan films next week. We make no bones about it. We enjoy the Dark Knight trilogy very heavily. Uh, <laughs> we enjoy Inception. Uh, you know, we're, like, we're, we're like Dunkirk and many of the others as well so we're going to talk yes. about our, our favourite Chris Nolan films next week um, please tell us yours tell us yeah uh, t- definitely if you've got a controversial opinion as well tell us your controversial opinions we'll have them too why not <laughs> we'll have them all um, yes yeah. wonderful we are, we are going to be there in two weeks on the 26th we are watching Tenet on release day uh, First so cinema trip back as well. Yeah. Cannot wait. Apart from American Pickle, which we watched this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say, um, we are going to be watching it on the release day and review, reviewing it in time for the Friday that it's out. Uh, so you can hear our thoughts if you're bothered. Um, yeah. You can as well. So I think tickets are out now. If you want to watch Tenet early on and get your opinion in on the day of release, then, uh, Why not? That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, hi guys, this is Dave. Uh, we definitely forgot to do a password again this week. So, yeah, let's maybe just say, for the sake of things, it's gin and tonic. Uh, yeah. Okay, bye. So yeah, there we go. Ten episodes, man. And like... We, we start, I know we're only 10 weeks in, it's not a huge thing, but it is a big thing for us. We started this just as a way of talking to each other about, mm-hmm. our, about you know, films we love and things like that. And we're so chuffed at how, you know, how it's grown and how people are getting involved. It is amazing. amazing. So we really want to thank you guys like it's been, so much. It's, it's ridiculous. We've got, yeah. a nice, we've got a really nice little community now of some people we obviously knew before and have known a while, but some other people as well um, yeah. who regularly sort of listen, some of you comment, some of you send in messages. We've obviously had one of our first regular listener guests in, in this, in this yeah. week in the former leader. We'll have some more of them down the line. Um, so thank you for being a part of it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. What it means so much is if you share us, share the podcast yeah. with your friends on the social media, get some other people involved as well. We want this to grow. Um, it, you know, I don't know what reasons to carry on doing it. You're looking at me as if to say, yeah, you've, you've had a drink. <laughs> you've had um, yeah. So to honour our 10th episode and the end of this episode, Greg, neck your drink. Mad. I'm, I'm a, I'm mad, me. mad man. You don't have to be mad to work here, but it helps.